going on guys farzine vasugin here with you for another episode of the chief zone podcast very excited to talk to you guys tonight obviously we are doing this on a tuesday rather than a wednesday for very obvious reasons the chiefs play thursday night would it make sense to do a podcast uh, on wednesday night and then give people less than 24 hours to listen to it especially if you don't listen live so Definitely wanted to get this podcast out a little sooner. So doing it on a Tuesday night, giving everyone at least uh, more than 24 hours to have a chance to hear uh, perhaps the archive version. If you're not listening live, for those of you who are subscribed on Apple, Spotify, wherever, greatly appreciate all of you guys. For those of you who tune into the podcast live, whether it's on Facebook, on YouTube, greatly appreciate all of you guys as well. Much appreciated to everyone who uh, take the time to download and listen to the Chief Zone, whether it's live, archive, whichever, uh, all good with me. So thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Chief Zone. A lot of things to get into, of course. We will break down the game between the Chiefs and the Broncos. As usual, we were we will do our uh, week weekly roundup so week five roundup for today's episode and then uh, i'll preview some uh, week six games uh, obviously go over some of the biggest stories from last week uh touch on some of the big games uh that i've got my eyes on for week six so we'll do that uh, we will obviously discuss the chiefs and broncos game but before that the biggest headline uh this uh t- tuesday uh aaron Rodgers responding to travis kelsey the whole vaccine thing, uh, obviously, uh, we'll, we'll touch on that. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into that, but my God, this absolutely deserves some sort of a response because Aaron Rodgers is acting pretty weird about this whole vaccine thing. Um, let, let me just say this, and I'll repeat it later on in the segment, but I think everyone has the right to feel however they want about the vaccine. You, you're for it. You're against it. I don't care. That's up to you. You have the right. But man, um, this is kind of going in a place that it's going somewhere it doesn't need to go to. It really doesn't. Kind of, uh, kind of silly. But we'll get into all of that later on in the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. Get your tickets for sporting events, concerts, whatever it is you want to attend. SeatGeek has it. If you guys want to catch a Chiefs game, whether you live in the Kansas City area, you want to go to a local college game, KUK State, Missouri, one of those teams, or you want to catch a concert, maybe in your neck of the woods, the baseball playoffs are going on, go to SeatGeek.com. And if you're a first-time customer, use my promo code, Farzine, you will get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek.com using the promo code Farzine. Go to SeatGeek.com, use the promo code Farzine, and get yourself $20 off for your next event. That's $20 off using the promo code Farzine at checkout at SeatGeek.com. All right, Chiefs, Broncos, we will get into that later on. Let's start with our week five roundup. Let's start with last Thursday night's game. Bears dominating the commanders, obviously honoring Dick Dick Butkus, and they did a pretty damn good job of it, just absolutely thrashing the commanders. I've got to ask, what happened to the commanders? Uh, I don't think they looked great the first two games, had to rally in both of them, but man, remember the first two weeks, people were comparing 
the commander's offense to the Chiefs and the whole Eric Bieniemy thing. Well, listen, I love Eric Bieniemy. I want Eric Bieniemy and the commanders to thrive. If there's one, like if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl, if there's one team that I would at least pull for, my number one team is Washington because I'm just sick and tired of how Eric Bieniemy has gotten the shaft the past few years for no reason. Okay, I get it. He needs to prove himself away from Andy Reid and uh, and everybody else. But, man, do you know how many t assistants have been in great systems and they've gotten head coaching jobs? I don't know why EB has to uh, now be the uh, first guy to suffer the con consequences, essentially, for this. Uh, no reason to take a lateral job. Uh, elsewhere. I just don't see it. Um, but man, they got to pick it up. Uh, and I'll touch on that a little later on as well. The Jaguars beating the Bills in London, perhaps a surprise to a lot of people. The Jaguars are a good football team. The offense has not been consistent, but man, uh, they came through and they won. And Stefan Diggs uh, on the sidelines again, you know, throwing the uh, tablet, iPad, whatever it is that, uh, he threw. And People are just asking the question, like, what's going on with this Bills team? Because whatever things don't go the way the Bills want it to go, Stephon Diggs is usually the first one to make somewhat of a scene on the sidelines. Uh, when he was not there for that practice for that one day uh, in the offseason, uh, people kind of went crazy about it. Sean McDermott was like, I don't know where he is, which is a weird thing to admit publicly. And some people were just talking, you know, is this the reason why Minnesota let him move on? Um, because this, this, this whole thing with the bills, like the expectation is so high. They may have the most talent on paper, but man, they just, I mean, look what they did to the Miami Dolphins coming off that 70 point uh, performance against the Broncos. Yes, it's the Broncos, but still, um, this is a, this is a Bills team where the expectation is so high that when things go wrong, I guess it, they get frustrated very easily. Um, so, you know, how do they respond uh, later on? The Saints thrashing the Patriots 34 to zip. Uh, former Chief Tyron Matthew got a pick six in this one to uh, for the first score of the game, as a matter of fact. Uh, look, the Patriots only scored three points in the last two weeks. I said it before the season. I said this is going to be Bill Belichick's final year coaching football. And a lot of Patriots fans have spoke out and said, look, he's given us a lot. Six Super Bowls, but... It is time to go. And look, I, I've always felt like people have always asked over the years, is it Belichick or is it Brady? Who's more responsible? I always felt it was Belichick. But you take Tom Brady away, man, this Patriots team has not been very good. Belichick in his career away from Tom Brady is not good, which is why when you compare him to Andy Reid, yeah, sure, Andy Reid uh, took forever to win his first ring and just got his second, but... At least, you know, before Mahomes, Andy Reid's had some success. He's had success with Donovan McNabb, uh, Michael Vick, Alex Smith. Like, he's won games before Patrick Mahomes. Just never won a championship with Patrick Mahomes. Whereas Belichick, you know, I guess, you know, more and more, like, the more games we see from the Patriots, the more people just wonder, was Brady really the savior? Like, did Brady really help establish Belichick the way he is because Belichick again was not that good in the past when he was the head coach in the 80s for the Browns 80s or 90s I can't remember when it was but yeah um, I, I'm starting to think this is his last year uh, more and more I said this before the season 
Uh, and it seems like it could be coming to fruition later on. Steelers rallied against the... Oh, I said the Rams on here. I definitely meant the Ravens. Uh, Ravens have been kind of an interesting team. Obviously paying Lamar Jackson, hoping that this pans out the way. A lot of people paid quarterbacks this offseason, so uh, obviously not everyone is going to uh, get what they want. You obviously pay big money to your quarterbacks with the expectation that it will translate to a championship. Um, obviously not everyone's going to get that and only one team can get that. The Bengals, another team who paid their quarterback, uh, by far had their best game of the season. Uh, yeah, it was against Arizona. Um, but Arizona, you know, still gave them some problems. So it was not the prettiest of games, uh, when playing a team like Arizona, especially when they have a backup quarterback. I'll say this though, Jamar Chase. Called out his quarterback, uh, called out his quarterback without calling out his quarterback, saying that he's always effing wide open. Uh, man, uh, I guess speaking up helped because boy, he had a big game, uh, dominated that game against the 49ers, or excuse me, the uh, Cardinals defense. 49ers absolutely dominated the Cowboys in this one. I've been saying for a long time, okay, my win loss prediction in the preseason for the Cowboys may not be true ultimately, but. I keep saying to you guys, like, I don't understand the hype with the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people are picking the Dallas Cowboys to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Why? I, I, I don't see it. Why? Um, like, if the Cowboys could compete with the 49ers, okay, I, I'd say the 49ers proved some things, but... Man, I mean, the Cowboys just aren't that team that people think they are. Now, will they make the playoffs? Uh, probably, uh, I mean, they're not winning their division unless the Eagles just crash into a wall, but I just don't see what people see in the Cowboys to think that this team is going to make a deep run in the playoffs. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I just don't, uh, they're a good regular season team. Maybe they'll win enough games to get you into the playoffs. But after that, man, uh, I mean, hopefully you play another team like the Cowboys did last year in the playoffs against the uh, the, the, the Buccaneers. Uh, if you're playing teams like that in the playoffs, yeah, sure, you can make a deep playoff run. But I, generally speaking, 99.8% of the time, you don't see bad teams like that reach the playoffs. Uh, that's a rarity. So... I, I, listen, you guys saw the game. You get the idea. Last game I do want to uh, touch on, the Raiders surviving at home against the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love threw three interceptions in this one. Look, Jordan Love obviously filling in. Big shoes to fill in with Aaron Rodgers moving on. Um, he had six touchdowns and no picks the first two weeks. Since then, in the last three games, he's only thrown two touchdown passes. He's had a couple of runs as well, so you can throw that in there. But he's thrown six interceptions in the last three games. That's not good. Um, yeah, sure. I'm sure he's going through a learning curve. But did anyone bring up a learning curve the first two weeks when it was six touchdowns and no picks? No. Everyone, everyone in Green Bay was celebrating the fact that this guy was getting off to a really good start. And I thought, you know, Green Bay could maybe compete against the Lions a little bit a couple of weeks ago. But um, Jordan Love's got to turn it around real quickly because this was a pretty good defensive effort from the Packers. Not that it was anything impressive. Look, it's the it's the Raiders for crying out loud. Uh, but still, I mean, you, you don't ever apologize for performing well against a bad team. And unfortunately, you know, I think the toughest losses in football are low-scoring games when your defense gives you all the effort you need and want, and you don't you come up short. Um, those are absolutely frustrating. So. 
the Packers definitely have some things to uh, to figure out in that one there. All right, week six preview. Some of the games that I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Uh, Baltimore and Tennessee and London both. So this is interesting. Obviously, we've got uh, a team from the uh, AFC North and a team from the AFC South. Um, look, I'll say this because... In those two divisions that I just mentioned there, everyone is either three and two or two and three. So both the Ravens and the Titans, it's very important for them to win. Like every game for those eight teams I mentioned in those two divisions, uh, it feels like every game is a must win because you are involved in a very tight race. And I don't know if it's going to be like that in week 16, 17, 18. Are they all going to be within one game of one another? I don't know, uh, but it, if they keep going at this pace, it's gonna come down too. We like it wouldn't surprise me if two teams from the north or two teams from the south end up being that final Sunday night football game of the season because those two divisions are. I mean, it's neck and neck so far to to start the season here. Washington, Atlanta, Atlanta quietly playing great. No one. I feel like Atlanta and Tampa Bay are the two teams that nobody's talking about. B. John Robinson got his first touchdown. He seems like he's doing well, uh, getting things going as a rookie here. Uh, but I talked about Washington earlier. I mean, can Washington rebound? They've got to pick it up. They've absolutely got to play better. Uh, they look great the first two weeks. Again, I mentioned everyone was comparing them to Kansas City. So uh, we'll see what they do uh, in trying to uh, trying to bounce back. Another team uh, trying to bounce back Sunday night. Buffalo play host to the Giants. How does Buffalo respond after uh, falling short against the Jaguars? And by the way, before Sunday night, I think another good game to keep an eye on: Seattle at Cincinnati. The Seahawks three and two. Um, not a big scoring threat though. Can Cincinnati take advantage of that and try to build on that? I think that's important to uh, to look at because a lot of people felt like Cincinnati is the second best team in the AFC. Burrow, the second best quarterback behind Mahomes and the Chiefs, but they haven't really played like that. So far this year, one great offensive performance uh, coming off that game last week. Now, overall body of work, that's not how Cincinnati season has gone. So can they try to repeat that in back to back weeks? That is uh, that's definitely the, the big question for them uh, going into uh, going into uh, that game. And then the last game, Monday Night Football, Dallas at L.A., L.A. Chargers, that is. Uh, how does Dallas uh, try to rebound. Uh, how do they respond after uh, what Dak Prescott called a humbling game? And the Chargers have been very interesting. Coming off a of bye week, offense has been kind of good for the most part, but also questionable at times. Brandon Staley, very aggressive, going for it on these fourth down plays. Uh, though it paid off in the Raiders one where, you know, they go deep and uh, come away with a big catch to uh, to close out the game. But also the defense has not been very good for the Chargers. So that is going to be interesting to watch as well. All right, uh, before we get into the Rodgers thing, let me just say this. Obviously, because this is a Thursday night football game for the Chiefs, uh, I don't want to get into too many other uh, topics. I, I do want to bring this up, though. The Chiefs offense, where are we with this Chiefs offense? Yeah, they're a top 10 scoring team, but that's not the standard in Kansas City. Um, even with so many new, new faces at wide receiver, the expectation was that this would still be a very similar offense compared to years past. Last year without Tyreek Hill and even before with Tyreek Hill, a lot of people still had high expectations from this Chiefs offense, and they're not living up to, to those expectations. Um, Travis Kelsey now leads the team in receiving yards. 
uh, just by a couple over Justin Watson. Um, obviously played one less game. He has more receptions on the team. He has 27 catches more than anyone else. And the second most is a rookie, Rashu Rice. And after him is Kadarius Tony. Uh, obviously, you know, the biggest thing about Kadarius Tony is that uh, that week one game. Kadarius Tony has 14 catches for 83 yards. Doesn't even have 100 receiving yards yet. Um, yeah. And he's got the third most catches on the team. Uh, there's a lot to figure out with this uh, with this wide receiving core. Like Sky Moore, a lot of people feel like Sky Moore has not been progressing very well as of late. But he has nine catches, five less than KT, and has 123 yards. So, uh, you know, the, the wide receivers in general... Like even MVS uh, has not been living up to the uh, up to expectations. And MVS, I will say, seven catches for 116 yards, averaging more than 16 yards a catch. Like, why aren't they getting the ball to him? I can I can understand why they're getting to Justin Watson more. Like this guy is coming through with big catches at times. Um, now I'll leave the conversation at that because, like I said, there's so much to get into on this episode on a very short week. So uh, we'll have to. Um, We'll have to table this discussion and come back to it later in the week, perhaps. Uh, maybe we can do, uh, discuss this during our Red Friday live chat. That is definitely a good time to uh, get into that. Now, a reminder, the Red Friday live chat is not part of the podcast. That is exclusively on Facebook and on YouTube. So if you want to hear me discuss that uh, more in detail, tune into the Red Friday live chat because that is definitely uh, something we have to get into this week, regardless of how the Chiefs wide receivers perform uh, Thursday night against the Broncos. Okay, um, let's discuss this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, right? Who is excited to talk about this? <laughs> um, oh, boy. Okay, so let's start from the beginning here. The Jets played the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers was in attendance. That was a big deal. Um, he was not the only big name in attendance. You guys all know uh, Deadpool and Wolverine were in attendance, uh, as were a few other big name celebrities. But anyway. Neither here nor there. Um, so this whole thing, Rodgers was seen on the sidelines talking to some of his teammates, talking to Patrick Mahomes, talking to Travis Kelsey. Um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people made, made a big deal about those things. Aaron Rodgers, as always, does the Pat McAfee show each and every single Tuesday and uh, recap the game against the Jets and talked about the fact that Mahomes didn't have a big game. Kelsey didn't have a big game. But when talking about Kelsey, he referred to him as Mr. Pfizer, which was a huge deal. Um, he, he also, you know, he was asked about his conversations with Kelsey before the game, and he refused to even give a hint as to what they discussed, which I thought was interesting because on Kelsey's podcast, which was recorded probably before this interview, Kelsey did say that, and I don't even remember what Kelsey said, but just the fact that, you know, he felt bad for him not being there and all, all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's really all they talked about. Um, according to Kelsey, uh, Kelsey didn't, feel the need to hide anything, whereas Rodgers did. I, I found that interesting. Now, Kelsey last Thursday did a press conference, was asked about the Mr. Pfizer comment. He he laughed and chuckled and said, oh, yeah, Mr. Pfizer, that's a good one. Um, and then he joked about getting to, into a vax war, his words, not mine, uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Basically, in a nutshell, Kelsey's response was him chuckling, laughing, not taking the whole thing seriously. He took the high road. No shots whatsoever were delivered 
to Rodgers. Did did Kelsey make a Johnson and Johnson comment? I can't remember. Uh, but 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 it wasn't like you know. Oh, he called me Mr. Pfizer. Well, fuck him. Like no, nothing like that. Um, Kelsey kept it pretty cool. Rogers responded today, and McAfee brought up the response. And I guess Pfizer put out a, a, a Photoshop jersey of an '87, and you know that whole thing was brought up. Rogers responded. And here's the uh, let me actually put it up on the screen for you guys. Um, let's put this on there. Oh, where is it? Okay. Um, bear with me, guys. I uh, thought I had it, but um, no, I X out of it. I think I, I used uh, I used Streamyard in place. That look at look at me uh, un- unprepared. Uh, unprepared. Yeah, I deserve that. Okay, there we go. I got that on my end. Let me pull this up for you guys. Uh, see, Paul in the chat says it's all fun again. Yeah, even Roger said, you know, it was a joke. Now, let me just say that before I um, put this on the screen, I I, I get that he, Rogers was joking. But it's like, you know, with a topic like this where everyone, you know, I, I don't think this stuff is political. I don't think race is political, but. According to 99% of America, it is. When you bring up a subject like this and you make a subtle jab at someone, you, you know, everyone just blows up with that. Um, and then it just turns into like an out of control thing. Uh, so here was Roger's response. Uh, quote, Mr. Pfizer said he didn't think he'd be in a vax war with me. This ain't a war, homie. This is just a conversation. But if you want to have some sort of a dual debate, have me on the podcast. Come on the show. Now, I don't know if he's referring to if he's inviting himself to Travis Kelsey's podcast or if he's inviting Kelsey to the Pat McAfee show. I, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, he, he's in, he wants to have a debate with Kelsey. Uh, he says, let's do it like in John Wick 4. Um, and then he says he, uh, that he would like to get some experts involved. He would like to have Robert Kennedy Jr. in his corner. And he is uh, saying Kelsey can have whoever he wants, such as Anthony Fauci. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Listen, I understand Rodgers is injured. I, I, I get he, he has more time on his hands. Uh, but I suppose he still has other things he can do. Like he can still help out the team in other ways. Uh, Kelsey, on the other hand, is probably like dialed in, focused. Oh, first of all, he's been dealing with a couple of injuries, so he's trying to put that behind him and try to focus on trying to get the team to repeat as Super Bowl champions. But man, um, even 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 if so, like you know, he's got a blondie he's dating. That he he could spend time with and have a damn good time with. All right. Um, but this whole thing, like Rogers, and again, like I think the whole Mr. Pfizer thing was a was a funny joke. Like it wasn't anything serious, but you guys know how the internet works. They blow it up. Um I don't understand, like, what is he trying to do here? And by the way, the people that he wants to get involved, Anthony Fauci and <laughs> RFK. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> Like when he mentioned RFK and Anthony Fauci, it's like, dude, what are you doing? 
what are you trying to gain out of this? Like, what does what do all four people involved or the people that you're trying to involve, what benefits them? Like if like if Anthony Fauci and RFK want to have their own debate, let, let them do it on their own. Like, I don't know why Kelsey and Rogers need to like I remember in 2020, people were like, wait a minute, why are we listening to athletes talk about racism or talk about health we don't see athletes get drafted for that same thing here like i don't i i, I know aaron Rodgers, like what he went through with the criticism uh, and this whole thing when he uh missed the chiefs game due to testing positive for covid and having to miss 10 days therefore he couldn't play in the chiefs game because he was not vaccinated why was he not vaccinated well he says that he uh, is allergic to some of the ingredients that are in the pfizer and the moderna shots and then he didn't want to take Johnson and Johnson because at the time there were a lot of concerns because with Johnson and Johnson, a lot of people were experiencing blood clot. All, all reasonable things from Aaron Rodgers. Um, Pat McAfee gave him shit at times because uh, <laughs> Rodgers said that he reached out to Joe Rogan for advice. And even you can see McAfee's response. He chuckled when that happened. He explained why later on. But anyway, we're getting off topic here. The, the, the boy, Here's my thing. Like this whole thing with the vaccine and even further, like in this country, like, you know, whether you lean right or left, who cares? Like you're, you're an American, you're allowed to feel a certain way. You're allowed to have a certain stance. You're allowed to be pro or anti something. As long as you don't have like a horrible, you know, racist stance or, you know, things like abuse. Um, I just don't get in this country. Like, you know, you guys all know I'm from Iran. And I'll have conversations with my family about this. And I, I tell them that, you know, things like the vaccine and things like racism have turned pol political in this country. And they start laughing, which, you know, I, I that'd be my reaction, too. Um, but, you know, it, it's like and by the way, all the people who told Kelsey stick to sports, are they saying that to Rogers? No, the stick to sports crowd certainly backing Rogers on this one here. Uh, listen, I, I mean, if they want to have a conversation, great. I'm sure a lot of people would tune in. Let me say this about Kelsey, because he's done more than one commercial about the vaccine ever since it's been available. He's never like given this strong stance. He's just pr promoted it. He did it with high V um, back when the vaccine was first available. And he did it recently with Pfizer. That's it. Kelsey's never and Kelsey was asked about his stance and he said, look, I get it because I want to protect myself, my family. Fine. Fair. That Like to feel that way. Uh, people have questions about the vaccine. Valid ones. Um, I don't know, man. Like what are what's everybody doing at the end of the day? Like how what's what does Aaron Rodgers benefit from this? Um, kind of weird, like the, 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 especially like wanting to get the politicians involved. Like, I think they both have better things to do with their time. I don't know what Fauci's doing nowadays, but I know RFK, he just went independent and is trying to try to become president of the United States. Uh, maybe an independent that probably has um, the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, probably has the most attention. Um, gosh, there's a word I'm trying to look for here. Uh, but, but in general, probably has more, uh, more momentum than any independent. Now, obviously, you guys don't listen to me for that kind of commentary, so I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, this whole thing is weird. Aaron Rodgers, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know what he's trying to get at here, but Kelsey's obviously going to be asked about it. Is he going to give the response Rodgers wants? Who knows? We'll see. We will see.
We'll continue the show in just a moment, but we've got to give a shout out to another sponsor of ours, Manscaped. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season. Introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped, your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is a grooming powerhouse built for precision and style, just like your favorite quarterback. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. All right, let's get into it. Chiefs and Broncos. Obviously, the big headline with this one is the fact that the Chiefs have beaten the Broncos 15 consecutive times. Uh, the last time the Chiefs lost to the Broncos, that was on September the 17th. 2015, uh, week two, that was a Thursday night game. Uh, coincidentally, they play on Thursday night. So, um, they, by the way, uh, it is 2,946 days since the Chiefs' last loss to the Broncos. That was the game where Jamal Charles, the Chiefs got off to a 14-0 start, but Jamal Charles, in the end, the infamous fumble, uh, when it seemed like they were about to go into overtime, yeah, very weird ending to uh, to say the least. Uh, not the uh, type of ending anybody wanted, and I, I'll never forget um, uh, because uh, I, I think uh, some of the networks kind of traded off who had Thursday night football that night. I think the CBS broadcasters were there, and Jamal Charles just slammed his helmet on the sidelines. And uh, I think it was Nance who made the comment. He goes, "Well, at least he held on to his helmet there." It's like, whoa, buddy. Uh, I mean, listen, come on. You got to have a sense of you. Like, it's in the past. The Chiefs have won two Super Bowls. We can laugh at these things now, right? Um, anyway, 15 straight. Patrick Mahomes made his debut against the Denver Broncos. And Mahomes owns an 11-0 record against the Broncos. Uh, th this guy, uh, th everyone talks about him having part ownership in the uh, in the Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current. I mean, there might be a fourth team on the list, and that fourth team is for sure the Denver Broncos. Now, let's get into the Denver Broncos, uh, coached by Sean Payton. Obviously, last week, he ate some humble pie because he obviously went off, not necessarily went off, but did take a shot at Nathaniel Hackett, said that his coaching uh, was one of the worst coaching uh, jobs in NFL history with the Broncos last year, only to lose to him in this game. Um, obviously, that was a huge deal when that happened. Aaron Rodgers rem reminded everyone of that sort of the New York Jets social media team. They definitely uh, let it be known uh, to um, to Sean Payton, which, which, you know, I mean, listen, this Broncos team is weird. They got 
Russell Wilson last year, everybody thought they were moving in the right direction. Uh, definitely thought people people thought they were moving in a big step forward. Everyone thought the AFC West was moving out of Kansas City last year. You all know how that panned out. And I mean, not, not just the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. The Chiefs swept the AFC West, and it wasn't even close. Um, yeah, sure, there were some close games, but the Chiefs just, you know, they were light years ahead of the entire division. If I'm not mistaken, didn't the Chiefs win the division like three or four weeks before the end of the season? I mean, even though the games, a lot of the games were close in the division, no one even came close to holding a candle to the Chiefs. Like It, it just was not good. So here comes Sean Payton, and people are hoping, okay, Russell Wilson's going to bounce back. The the uh, the team's going to be better. The offense has made progress. Now the offense is far from great, but they are making progress. But the defense, my God, it is horrendous. I'll get into the into the defense later, but uh, good lord, I mean this is maybe one of the worst defenses. Like think of the Chiefs when the the defense during the Dick Vermeil days. This is worse. This Broncos team is far worse. Um, like you still had some highlights with that Chiefs defense back then with Greg Robinson and Gunther Cunningham. This by far is worse, uh, but we'll get into that shortly. Let's start with the offense. Offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi uh, in charge of the uh, Broncos offense. They're 16th in total offense, 13th in passing, 19th in rushing, 10th in points per game, though. Right behind Kansas City, Kansas City ninth in points per game. Russell Wilson, 12th in passing yards. He's tied second in the NFL in touchdown passes with 11 with Josh Allen, Tua, and Justin Fields. Mahomes, he's right behind those guys. He's sixth in touchdown passes with 10. Um, Wilson has just two picks on the season. The Chiefs are not a very good team on defense when it comes to interceptions. They only have one. And Wilson has only thrown two. So the odds of a Chiefs interception in this one uh, are very low. So you know how that works out. That means they're probably going to get one because that's how uh, things work out with the Chiefs. Uh, it's always weird how the things work with the Chiefs. Uh, Wilson has been sacked 15 times, though, uh, tied for sixth most. Um, not a very consistent offensive line in Denver. Uh, and obviously, you know, the biggest thing with Russell Wilson people are talking about is the uh, fumble that he um, he had uh, near the end of the game where, you know, Pat Sertan got the interception late in the game, giving the Broncos a chance to maybe steal one from the uh, from the Jets or at the very least tie it. But unfortunately for the Broncos, uh, it didn't go that way. Wilson uh, fumbled and uh, the uh, the uh, Jets defense gets the uh, scoop six. Um, yeah, the Broncos defense has not been very good this year, but man, at least they came up strong against the Jets. And not that it's anything impressive, but hey, you got to take some something, right? Something positive there. And unfortunately, uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense did not take advantage of it. And after that fumble uh, that went for a touchdown, Sean Payton let Russell Wilson have it. And I was listening to Tim Grunhard on Sports Radio I 10 today. His description of the whole thing was funny. He goes, man, uh, Sean Payton looked like a guy who lost his dog uh, or his puppy. Um, and I thought that was kind of a funny, funny way of describing the whole situation there but bottom line i mean the exchange between uh russell wilson and um and uh, sean payton not very good to say the least so uh the man it, it's just you know listen kansas has been here before not necessarily with major like when they got dick for meal okay they were a competitive football team at, the, at least did they get a playoff win no 
They bring in Trent Green. Now, Trent Green was not on the level of Russell Wilson, but again, you bring in some of these guys like Willie Rofe, Will she, uh, Will she's already on the team, Priest Holmes, um, and, and yeah, at least you make some progress here. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs have tried to bring in some solid names to try to make progress, and they couldn't at times. Um, but man, I mean, the Broncos go out there and get maybe the biggest quarterback name possible, a veteran, and uh, probably one of the best coaching options possible. And neither of them work. Um, it's just not going well for the Broncos. It's really not. Um, their leading rusher, Jaleel McLaughlin. Uh, he is dealing with a quad injury. He was limited this week, so we'll see if he'll be able to play. But he is their leading rusher, 160 yards off 22 carries, more than 7 yards per carry. He had 68 yards last week against the Jets, 72 yards two weeks ago against Chicago. So he's definitely made some strides the past couple of weeks. So uh, Denver definitely would need him in this one. Uh, to try to go against Kansas City's rush defense, which is not a weakness of the Chiefs, but that is the worst thing about the Chiefs' defense right now. Um, so that would give Denver their best chance of trying to pull off an upset uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, looking at some of their... Uh, the, oh, the other running back, by the way, Javante Williams, active rusher, 38 carries, but had just two last week for no yards. Um, so not sure uh, if they're trying to go into a different direction or what with him, so we'll see there. Uh, their, uh, their leading, uh, receiver, Marvin Mims Jr. Um, I like this guy coming out of OU. In fact, this is a guy that I was hoping the Chiefs would take. I think he went in the second round, uh, of this year's draft, uh, to the Broncos. Uh, I, I was keeping an eye on Marvin Mims Jr. Obviously, a lot of you guys are also Oklahoma fans. So, uh, if you follow Big 12 football very closely, which probably a lot of you do, uh, Marvin Mims is definitely a guy that you are very familiar with. He has 10 catches. For 246 yards, he leads the team in receiving yards, but he has the fifth most catches on the team. Um, so this is a guy that they, they definitely need to give the ball to more. He's averaging, do the simple math there, uh, 24.6 yards per catch, targeted 12 times. So two times they've missed with him. Uh, but whenever they get the ball in his direction, it's pretty damn good. Last week, he was kept in check, though, one catch for four yards. So, uh, you know, generally when players have a game like this, when they're having a good season, they definitely do well responding the following week. So uh, Marvin Mims definitely looking to come back strong. And, and I'll say this, too. I think the Chiefs defense at this point, they've been tested enough to know that this is a team that can go up against the best. They face Justin Jefferson, and I know Justin Jefferson did not play the fourth quarter. But even before the injury, the Chiefs absolutely kept Justin Jefferson in check. Had just three catches for 28 yards, so... This Chiefs defense, man, they are for real. I mean, they've gone up against some some good players. They'll go up against more good receivers uh, in the near future. Uh, but boy, um, this is a team, a defense that has played very well. And I expect them to do the same in this one, too. Uh, Cortland Sun, Jerry Judy, still the main wide receivers for the team. Both have more than 200 receiving yards. Tight end Adam Trotman, nine catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Javante Williams has more catches uh, than Trotman, so... Um, yeah, not, not a lot of activity from the, uh, from the tight end spot there. So that is your Broncos offense going to the Broncos defense. And my God, this is a disaster. Um, Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator. And I don't know if Vance Joseph is going to be the defensive coordinator for very long. Uh, yes, this is the same Vance Joseph who was the head coach of the Broncos. And I had to do some research on this. I was like, wait a minute. Why was this guy ever a head coach? Like, what did he do as a defensive coordinator that 
that made the Broncos say, yeah, you, you are the, you are the, the head coach we want. So I looked up what he did as a defensive coordinator for Miami in 2016. And I'll explain why I'm going over all of this. So the, the Dolphins were 29th in total defense, 18th in points per game allowed. And I'm like, wait a minute. This guy did not have a good defense in Miami. So why the hell did they even bother? They had the fourth worst. They allowed the fourth most yards. So what gives? Why did you even hire this guy? Well, they did some things well. They were fourth best. Uh, 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 the fourth best third down defense, sixth most forced negative plays, and they had the fourth most takeaways. So, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Kansas City's defense in 2018. They were the second worst, but they also tied the league for most sacks with the Steelers. So um, sometimes you have those kinds of things with a team where Minnesota had this for a while too, where they were like near dead last in total offense and total defense, but they were able to put up some points and they also allowed like the second or third fewest points for like a stretch uh, in the late 2000s. So uh, again, rare, rare things that you see now looking to today and comparing Vance Joseph in years past, this is by far the worst defense Vance Joseph has ever coached total defense last Against the pass, fourth worst. Against the run, last. Points per game allowed, last. This is just a horrendous Broncos defense. I mentioned earlier, the Chiefs had a really terrible defense during the 2000s with Dick Vermeil and um, uh, under Herm Edwards for a bit. This is worse. Like, we all, when we talk about bad defense in Chiefs history, I mean, this is, I mean, we've seen bad defense in Kansas City. This is beyond worse. Um, there's, I mean, there's not a lot to really account for here. You have Nick Benito. Uh, hope I said that right. Five and a half sacks. That's the sixth most in the NFL. He has eight tackles for a loss. That is the third most in the league. You also have Jonathan Cooper. He's got three sacks and two tackles for a loss. And then Zach Allen, he's got one and a half. I wrote 1.6 sacks. That's interesting. Uh, one and a half sacks and four tackles for a loss. All three of those guys I mentioned have a forced fumble. Cooper has a fumble return for a touchdown on the season. In fact, I think he was the guy who um, who had that scoop six against the, uh, against, um, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. That, I'm referring to someone else. I don't know when that was specifically. So that is the uh, front seven. Some of the highlights there for the Broncos defense. Uh, looking at the secondary, not a lot of highlights there either. Kareem Jackson, one of the few highlights. He's got two picks for the team. He had one last week. Um, oh, I'm sorry, two weeks ago against the Bears. That was a game ceiling interception with 38 seconds to go. Obviously, the Broncos rallied to beat the Bears, and they were able to hold them off. Big thanks to Kareem Jackson with that interception. And he also had one in week one against the Raiders. Pat Sertan, he only has one interception on the year. Those are the only two guys with interceptions, uh, Kareem Jackson and Pat Sertan. Now, I mentioned Sertan earlier because he did have that interception late to give the Jets a chance. But as we already talked about, Russell Wilson gave that away with that fumble that turned into a touchdown. So that is the Broncos secondary. Again, not a lot to account for. Pat Sertan uh, had a good rookie year last year, um, taking a step back this year. Kareem Jackson, again, one of the very few highlights on the Broncos defense in general. Um, and by the way, Scott says the next three weeks are divisional games. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, the Chiefs, I forgot to mention this. The Chiefs play the Broncos twice in three weeks. The last time I can recall the Chiefs playing division rival twice in three weeks off the top of my head. I want to say it's 2013 
Andy Reid's first year, and it was the same team, Denver. Um, the Chiefs started 9-0, and they lost three straight. And in fact, I think it was the same thing. It was Broncos, Chargers, and then Broncos. Uh, although this time, I think it's um, the first Broncos meeting that time was at Denver. This time, it's going to be in Kansas City. So uh, the Chiefs and Broncos will play each other uh, twice in three weeks. You don't see that often on schedules, but it does happen every once in a while. Uh, last thing with uh, with their special teams. I'm, I mentioned Marvin Lewis. Um, or I'm sorry, Marvin Mims Jr., uh, I did not talk about his uh, return abilities. Uh, good special teams player. He did fumble a punt return early last week, but in general has been pretty good. He did have that 99-yard kick return touchdown against Miami. Obviously, that's the infamous blowout everyone's talking about still to this date, uh, especially when talking about the Broncos' defense. Uh, but he's been averaging more than 35 yards per kick return and 23 yards per punt return. That's not very easy to do today in the NFL on special teams, especially with the rules on kick returns. So for him to be doing that, uh, pretty good. Uh, one of the better kick returners in the NFL. And the Chiefs special teams unit has not been the best. Obviously, two fake punts uh, that have resulted into first downs. Yeah, there was a holding call missed. Imagine that, a holding call missed that hurt the Chiefs. Um, I'm told the refs are in favor of the Chiefs all the time, but no, not always the case, believe it or not. Um, by the way, I heard A-10 talk, talk about this today. If the refs were really in favor of Mahomes and the Chiefs, how come Mahomes only has two roughing the passer penalties, uh, draw, only two, uh, two uh, drawn roughing the passer penalties um, since the start of last year? I mean, if the refs were really in his favor, don't you think he'd get more of that? And there have been some some rough ones that have not been called that should have been called. So cry me a river with all of the all of the uh all of the um referee complaints. Man, Vikings fans are not letting it go. They are all over my comment section. Uh hey, I welcome it. I mean, you guys are just that that's why the comments are up this week. Um, I thought Swifties were uh, were a reason for uh, the comments last week, the last two weeks. No, Vikings fans said I will take care of that and uh, break that record. So thank you, Vikings fans. Uh, let's uh, let's give a little shout out. Yeah, we we have yet to play the air horn on this podcast, so let's give it to Vikings fans uh, for uh, boosting up the uh, the comment sections this week. Um, special teams also will loot uh, eight of nine uh, kicking his field goals uh, so far this year. Longest uh, kick made from 51 yards. So uh, doing that. Uh, Harrison Bucker, by the way, has not missed yet in the preseason uh, and in the regular season. I mentioned the preseason because let's be honest, field goal kicking doesn't change from the preseason to the regular season. This guy's been perfect. Struggled last year. Um, even in years past, he's missed some PATs. Nope, he's been all perfect so far this year. So good to see that from Harrison Butker. And obviously, he was he came up big in the AFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl, um, kicking the game-winning field goals in both of those games to uh, help the Chiefs uh, beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship game and beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl with just a few seconds left in uh, both of those games. All right. My prediction for this one, um, yeah, weird things happen uh, in the Chiefs when they play bad teams. But you know what, man? I think the Chiefs will be just fine covering the spread. What is it? I think I, I think I heard ten and a half from DraftKings. I think the Chiefs will cover that just fine. Look, 
Um, I talked about a couple of weeks ago how the Chiefs are playing some lackluster defenses. This is an opportunity to get some things going with your offense because you will be playing some tough offenses in the near future. You play the Chargers next week. Their offense is better than a lot of the teams the Chiefs have been playing this year. You're going to be playing uh, the Dolphins in a few weeks. Yeah, you definitely need to have your offense uh, bring its A game in that one. So it's very important that the offense establish some things uh, in games like this against the uh, against the Broncos, who you play twice in three weeks. So I expect the Chiefs offense to play much better. I'm expecting the one-sided game. And listen, what's going to be the biggest strength in this game? Like, what's going to be the biggest highlight reel? I don't know. It can be Mahomes. It can be Kelsey. It could be Kadarius Tony. Having his first big game of the year, it could be Rasheed Rice, who's been quietly playing well the past couple of weeks. It could be Isaiah Pacheco. It could be McKinnon. It could be Clyde edwards for all I know. The Broncos are terrible in everything. Uh, I mentioned Grenhard's segment earlier on the uh, A-10 sh- uh, uh, station. He actually described the, um, the Broncos' defense as garbage. So everybody, I have not heard one positive thing from anyone about this Broncos' defense. So I expect the Chiefs to roll over this Broncos team and probably have some garbage time touchdowns from both sides on this one. I'm going to go 45-17. That is my score prediction. 45-17 Chiefs win on Thursday night football. Uh, By the way, for those of you who don't have prime in Kansas City, uh, this game will be broadcast live on KSHB Channel 41. I believe if you have cable, that's Channel 13. Don't quote me on that. I have not had cable in a very long time, so uh, forgive me on that one. Uh, but yeah, KSHB, the NBC affiliate for Kansas City. Um, that is how you can catch the game if you don't have Prime. In fact, if you live in Kansas City, that's how you should watch it anyway, because with Prime, it can be significantly behind the stream. And if you're one of those people like me who's on social media during the games, well, well then you're going to get spoiled a lot. So better to watch it on uh, over-the-air TV than through Amazon Prime. So there's that. By the way, I didn't mention this. Or I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, the referee for this game is Sean Hockley. And the Chiefs have won four of their last five games. Uh, with Sean Hockley uh, being the referee, including the uh, game where they came back against the Texans in the playoffs, down 24 nothing, and they erased that deficit in one quarter. So Broncos fans, you already know who to blame uh, Thursday night. I was about to say Sunday night. Thursday night, you already know who to blame for this one. All right, guys, I am out of here. My name is Farzee Vasugi, and big thanks to all of you who joined live on Facebook and on YouTube for this episode of The Chief Zone. For those of you who listen to the podcast version, big thanks to all of you guys as well. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Please uh, subscribe and download to the podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube page as well. YouTube.com slash at the Chief Zone. We're starting to put more content on there and the views are starting to go up on the shorts. So big thanks to you guys who are watching the shorts on there. Also, make sure you guys are following me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Farzee Vasugian. All of that stuff is in the uh, description of the podcast. So for those of you listening to the podcast version, you guys can uh, click on those links there. Again, a big shout outs to our sponsors, SeatGeek and Manscaped. Go to SeatGeek.com. First time customers can get $20 off using my promo code Farzine. And on Manscaped, when you check out, use my promo code Farzine20 for 20% off and free shipping. Can't beat that. All right, guys, I am out of here. My name is Farzine Vasugian. If you're going to the game this Thursday night, enjoy it. Be safe. Have fun. Cheer loud. 
I'm out. Enjoy the game. Talk to you guys later.